Welcome everyone to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with Southeast Asia's emerging technology startup leaders and investors. Today, our guest is from Awan Tunai, an Indonesian SME financing tech company with whom Insignia has been privileged to partner since they began. This year, despite the negative impact of COVID on lending and financing businesses in Indonesia, Awan Tunai has been able to grow their loan book 2x, secure an OJK lending license, and raise a $20 million debt facility, all while keeping their NPLs below 1%. At the same time, they've leveraged on the COVID opportunity to digitize more services for the micro merchants they serve, introducing new products like Awan Toko and Awan Grossier. While Awantunai's growth and achievements are testaments to their resilience as a company in a badly hit industry, at the heart of Awantunai's resilience is ultimately company culture and product focus. And that's why today I've invited Awantunai's Chief Product Officer and Co-Founder, Wendy Nachiavi, to share with us how culture and product enable their company to endure amidst the crisis. This is part two of our two-part series on Awantunai's story of resilience this 2020, as told by Co-Founder and Chief Product Officer, Wendy Nachiavi. Check the previous episode for the start of our conversation where Wendy shares Awan Tunai's 2020 and the role of company culture in building resilience. The second part covers the second factor of building resilience according to Wendy, which is product focus and experimentation. Let's dive right in. Yeah, and so you talked about the two factors early on, you know, the first one was culture and the second one was really paying attention to the pain points on the ground of customers. And I'd like to go now to the second factor, paying attention to pain points. And Dino, in his episode, mentioned a bit about that, that you guys mm. ran several experiments and tested several propositions. I think like 10 of them, he said, you know, before finding, you know, product market fit with your first product, Awan Tempo. So I'd like to know what that experience was early on from your perspective. Sure. So definitely it was a humbling experience, how we found the product market fit for Awan Tempo. So At that point in time, I think the company was in a state of slight confusion given the misalignment between our mission of providing low interest rates for the productive sector um, with the interest rates that we have to deploy for this consumer loans, which at that time you were basically doing. So we've been thinking a lot about productive loans, right? But we were afraid of the infrastructure was not there. And so there had been so many questions that we didn't know. So to deploy another digital product and put our engineering team immediately on that would be very risky. So our main question at that time was how would the risk pan out? Because pricing is directly correlated with how much risk we'd have to compensate for or account for. So we decided to test the hypothesis that for productive loans, it would be definitely way lower in terms of risk because we would be able to see what they are using it for. So I think that was one kind of thinking that we had. So it was not only thinking, okay, now I have to move from consumer. What do I do? It was more, okay, what was the hypothesis that we have or the root cause, why we were not able to achieve this interest rate that we wanted to. And it led us to realize it's not only about consumptive or productive loans, but it's also related to how we are able to acquire validated data. So within a span of few months, we started out with first suppliers and we did things that to be honest, does not scale. But we were very focused on testing this hypothesis because we know that if we are able to say that, yes, this is right, one big major problem at least we would be able to solve. And so we did things that don't scale, such as assigning one person to handhold merchants, even offering equity at one point to our suppliers (laughs) for them to just use our product and to push this to all of their merchants. And we just wanted to know one thing, which is, is it true that we are able to lend at a low enough interest rate, but still have amazing NPL that, that allows us to really not hinder the growth of the economy, but actually fast forward the growth? 
that was our mission then that was our vision so then it turns out that within one month then we figured out you know we can do that and now we're offering one tenth of what other fintechs are offering while making really good enough margins and keeping our NPLs low so it was very humbling experience for me right yeah and i think that what you mentioned brings me back to one of the things that you told me when i interviewed you for our product mm. leader series uh, you mentioned something about mm. don't really run experiment after experiment for solutions without really clarifying what the why is yeah. and i think you know that goes back to what you said about having that hypothesis and testing that hypothesis exactly fast forward today you now have a one grocer and a one toko as well so what was now the process of developing and rolling out these products So I think it was similar actually. We ran a lot of experiments and also faced some difficulties as well. So actually when we started we had very low adoption. And then you know I realized that what does it mean when you have low adoption? And the hard truth was that when you have low adoption you haven't done enough work to basically prove that this will actually be a good product so in a nutshell you haven't done good enough product discovery you know you can say oh this pm or that pm or this designer or blah 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 but at the end of the day you just have to come back to the fact that you don't have a good product discovery so then what i started doing was implementing mandatory customer visits once a week for all of our team members in product teams including myself doesn't matter whether you're product support whether you're a designer you have to go down to the ground because you have to interact with the customers you have to basically get in their head we even started being concierges meaning that we asked the suppliers hey can we actually do what you do can we actually receive customers can we go to your store we input and do a transaction and we even deploy things for free right and see how people will use it but not only how people will use it but how fast can we actually use it compared to how fast the suppliers can use it or the suppliers current systems basically so then this allows us to figure out features such as our lightweight inventory management which initially no one thought would work and mm. none of the suppliers actually asked for none of the suppliers actually asked for this and this was really something that i think at that time people were like Are you sure but then eventually I was quite bought in by the evidence that one of our PMs gave and he was able to run me through the exact process of what our customers would have to go through that it just makes sense for us to build a lightweight inventory management system and now when we launched that we showed it to the suppliers and now we have four suppliers that are in the early stages that are basically saying you know what replace all of my legacy systems I want this and they did not say that before. That feeling is phenomenal and I really then understand what Henry Ford once said. If you ask customers what they want at that one point in time they would have said I want faster horses. But right, right. because you're actually there and you've been in a state of good product discovery, then you're basically able to say, you know what, maybe this is not what they need and they would want what they need once they see it. And so I think that was risky, but there was a methodical process actually and the process of developing and rolling out it was humbling and phenomenal. Right, right. Looking at it from the outset, it seems very left field to all of a sudden get into this inventory management exactly. and to an extent supply chain delivery almost, right, given that yeah. you you're financing company initially. But then yeah. now that you explain it and going through that process, it actually makes a whole lot of sense right i would say and it's really interesting how one product being low adoption actually led to creating another product 
that became that hook for the <laughs> for the customers to actually convert. Yes. yes, and I think one of the things that I also realized, Paulo, was that inventory management can mean so many things to so many people. Mm-hmm. And I think just saying that, I think a lot of people sometimes think, oh, you know, Windy, why can't you just get it off the shelf? But right. it's different. What your customers need may not be like this gazillion of features. But just one feature that really helped them. So in our case, why we were so sure, right, of this lightweight inventory management, we saw how many sales that actually they were losing or they were not able to confirm and how many bodies they had to hire to basically check on their warehouse or inventory because they did not know just like an estimation of how much stock they have. And they did not need the accuracy. They just need the estimation. And so inventory management is such a daunting two words for a lot of (laughs) people, right? But then we managed to actually launch it within just two sprints and we deliver what the suppliers actually need. Yeah. So I think especially at this stage, it's pretty exciting what you guys have done so far. And I mean, so far it's four suppliers, but, you know, definitely seeing more adoption given how pressing of a need this is, I would say. Exactly. Uh, Especially now with a lot more pressure on supply chains and logistics to keep up with e-commerce and all of that. And another point that was interesting in your story was that, again, Again, the candor and being direct that you mentioned earlier sort of reflects again in this story, (laughs) sort of accepting the hard truths about you know, the right. low adoption and then actually going out into the field and being right. concerned for your customers. So mm-hmm. this whole culture of experimentation, being direct, and this drive to continuously digitize Indonesia's MSMEs, I want to bring those two factors that you mentioned together. How does the culture and the product development come together at Awan Tunai? So I think fundamentally, right, we see products as experiments. We don't have fixed roadmaps. In fact, the way we decide on features is via a product page. So it's similar to betting. So you will be given dollars. Everybody in the leadership management that's relevant to the problem at hand will be given dollars representing engineering capacity. And we will then prepare from the product team the objective of the pitch, or in this case, the product feature that we want to suggest, that we will provide objective, our hypothesis or root cause on why this is happening. And then we provide the evidence, which comes from the product discovery that we do, as well as the prediction, which is basically the solution, right? Along with the impact and risk assessments. Then we simultaneously vote and decide. So if you take a look at this, right? So it's really like an experiment. And that's how we see the product. It does not only influence our product development, but it is the culture of our product development. Yeah, it feels like the people of the product team are also entrepreneurs themselves coming up with their own products and and pitching it to you guys for funding, basically. Right. Yeah, and speaking of empowering the people who are working with you at Awantunai, what advice do you have for other professionals building a career in Mm -hmm. product and growth roles in Indonesia, especially women? Sure, sure thing. So I think the first thing that I would really want to emphasize is really be fundamentally strong in problem solving. Really see this as a problem that you need to solve. Don't jump straight to prediction or solution. And have a very methodical approach because intuition can only take you so far. But then having the process that you can replicate over and over again, the reward will be worth it because then you will have this confidence that you will be able to solve and drive products that really change how people behave and change their lives. And you will know that it's not because of chance or luck. And on the flip side, what advice do you have then for founders who are hiring for these professionals in product and growth roles? So given how scarce the product manager is and even like how even rare a good product manager is, always really think that these are the people that you are bringing in to your team. 
here are the people that will interact with a lot of your team members and in a way then will shape the culture of how your company behaves and what eventually you will be able to offer to your customers. So even though it's very rare, but do think and hire in terms of scale. So don't compromise or settle. So one question that I always ask is basically, if I have 10 of these people or a hundred of these people exactly like this, what would my company look like? What would my product look like? How would my customers react? So then it makes the tough decisions easy because sometimes you would have a lot of great product managers that are technical in terms of the backgrounds, or they have experiences at so many other companies or some that may be quite relevant. And you obviously would just leap, but then the cost of actually hiring the wrong person is really big. And so I think always think and hire in terms of scale. I think that's the very fundamental advice that I would have. Right. And I think for both the professionals and the founders, the common thread is really to be thoughtful, as mm. you said, you know, thoughtful with your approach to problem solving for product professionals and thoughtful for the founders in terms of thinking about the effect of bringing people into the team would have for the exactly. for the product. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's been quite a ride listening to all of the stories that you've had, the war stories, <laughs> yes. building the different products for Awan Tuna and going through all these experiments. Mm. And I'm sure there's a lot to learn for product managers in our audience and founders in our audience, but we're not done just yet to wrap up our conversation we always ask our guests to join us for a rapid fire question round so this part no need to go into a full length story sure. <laughs> just sure. short answers and you know, one-liners the first thing is uh, what are the top three skills chief product officer should have uh, strong problem solving genuine curiosity of what all technology can bring and strong stakeholder management Right. And I think those are also the things that are in the JDs for their product team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. And the next question is, what is one thing you learned in your experience so far at Awantunai that you wish you had known earlier? Trust your intuition and don't hang on to things too long. Right, right. And it's good that you didn't uh, hang on too long to products that have uh, gone exactly. to the graveyard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Next, uh, what is a book that you would recommend for product and growth professionals? Uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Right. And I think the Radical Candor one is by Kim Scott. Oh, yes. Yes. I would yeah, definitely yeah, strongly yeah, yeah. recommend that as well. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I just remember like the, the book as well. <laughs> yeah. About books. yeah. So if anybody's interested, that's the name. And also, you know, she mentioned Zero to One, which is pretty much a staple, sort of like the Bible for many uh, founders. Um, yeah. <laughs> Next, sorry for sorry for being so um, predictable. If you'll allow me to ask, what's your takeaway from that, from the zero to one book? Key takeaway? Yeah, like what's one thing that, you know, sort of resonated with you personally? Build a technology that change society, not just a technology enabled business. So not just a technology enabled business, but technology that actually impacts and changes society. Yeah. Yeah. Even if a lot of people mention the same book over and over again, the things that they take away from it can be very different. It's different. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. So next, what is your go-to activity to de-stress, especially these days with COVID and, you know, things can get pretty stressful and you, you have a family, right? You have kids as well. Two for babies, actually. Oh, uh, not two, two human babies. kids, but two Four babies, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So how was the experience actually <laughs> over the lockdowns? It's been actually very fulfilling yeah, to, to spend time with my family and just really reconnecting. You take a lot of your spouse, I would say, for granted. So actually, I'm just super blessed to have, to have my husband. Uh, he actually cooks. 
more than I do. Oh, okay. So I'm very happy about that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> okay, and right now, it's pretty hard to travel around, I guess, from one country to another. But I think within Indonesia, you can already travel, right? So yes. if you had the chance to travel anywhere in Southeast Asia or in Indonesia today, where would you go? Raja Ampat for diving is in Papua. Oh, okay. and, and I'm going actually, end of year. Oh, and, okay, so that's your uh, end of year <laughs> treat for yourself. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> one well, week off. Right, well deserved. And you dive a lot? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. I love diving. It's like meditation underwater. Right. And finally, is there anything you'd like to plug or announce on our show? Sure. So as you know, Awantuna is always hiring, but hiring for people who can become our partners and not our employees. And if you're a woman hearing this, please note that you matter. Your contribution matters beyond what you think. So do check out our website at awantuna.com or womanworks.io and hit me up. Yes, that sounds great. You redirected me to the website when I reached out to you for the interview. And it seems like a very talented and great group (laughs) of women who are working in the tech space, especially. So it's great to be connected with these kinds of communities. So again, thank Thank you, Mindy, for spending your time with me today on On Call with Insignia. Now, you know, on behalf of Insignia, we're really happy to be partnered with Awan Tunai and really happy to see that you guys have been resilient throughout this period and continue to grow in spite of the challenges. And even for our conversation today, I hope our listeners have picked up a lot of useful insights and learned a lot from the war stories Wendy has shared from our conversation when it comes to product management and developing company culture. Yeah, so thank you again, Wendy. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Paolo. And hope you're and hope you're well. Take yes. care. Yeah, take care as well. And hope to see you again uh, in person next time. <laughs> yes, after COVID. <laughs> yes, after COVID. Right, right, right. And in the meantime, uh, enjoy your diving break in Thank Rajampat. you. Yeah. Thank you right. so much. Yes. Stay on the line with us for more conversations with our founders and investors in the region. Until our next call, I am Paolo Aquino and this has been On Call with Insignia Ventures.